The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, rate review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and affiliate of Own3.com. And today's guest on Talk of Champions, Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports, my good buddy, good friend of the pod, coming back for the first time in a while. We're going to cover the silly season, Lane Kiffin, the Ole Miss Egg Bowl win over Mississippi State, a bunch of stuff. Brad, what's up? What's up, man? Cool to, cool that Ben Metz is on here. I actually got to meet him. He came by our, our tailgating tent. I think it was either the – what was the last home game? Was it um, A&M or Vandy? One of Vandy. The two. Um, yeah, he came by the tent on one of those games and um, got to meet him. Really nice guy. The best kind of guy. Gets you hyped. Too much energy. Can't control it. It's great. Very old mess. I like him. Oh yeah, old mess through and through. He's basically <laughs> what you would be if you took like twenty Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, if I was, yeah, no doubt. He um, he certainly can match anybody's energy um, when it comes to old mess. So he was he's pretty cool dude. What do you think about the silly season now that it's kind of wrapping up? Man, well, how about some crazy moves? Go through some of these moves. Well, I, I think the, the the first the craziest thing I've seen, and I don't know how true it is. But did you see the Lincoln rally? Um, yes. Like the stipulation of the – dude, they backed up the Brinks truck. I mean, that is um, – that, that, I mean, he had to take that. I mean, there's no man in America's not taking it. I mean, they're buying him houses, buying both of his houses. I mean, that's just like on a whole nother level, which this is – I think this – I think you can view this as maybe the turning point in coaching contracts because we're starting to see stuff that's like – almost like like they're getting NFL player money or something. It's weird. Um, I mean, coaching contracts have always been very good, but this is on a whole other level. It's like teams are like, they're starting to see the value in having a winning program. And I think they're willing to pay whatever because they want to be, um, you know, relevant and then they know what kind of return on investment you get when you have a winner. I think I saw the average NFL coaching salary was six and a half million. And before mm-hmm. this silly season, there were four such coaches in college football. Now they're eight. The market's being reset. So I ask you, what does that mean for Lane Kiffin's upcoming extension restructured contract at Ole Miss, if it does happen, which we expect it to? Because, look, they've been in negotiations for like six weeks, and there was an offer on the table for a long time. We anticipate it happening sooner rather than later, and a report came out late Tuesday. Matt Zenith covers college football, national college football reporter for On3, reporting that, it's trending towards Manny Diaz remaining at Miami. That was only the that was the only real threat we both think for Lane Kiffin, other than the NFL, and that could happen and drag on into January. So, not going to think about that right now. Let's just assume that he inevitably signs a new extension, a new deal with Ole Miss. Does it change the number? Is it still eight and a half million? Does it move up? I don't know. Yeah, I think Ole Miss is in a good spot there. I think it's going to be somewhere in that range, just because. Um, these other vacancies have been filled um, unless somebody came out of nowhere last minute, which I don't see him really fitting Notre Dame. I don't really see him fitting, um, you know, any other opening. He's not going to Notre Dame. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely don't see anything like that. Um, he wasn't considered at LSU of Florida. That's just true. He wasn't. Now, if Josh yeah. Heupel goes to Oklahoma, there might be a little bit of a connection with Lane Kiffin to Tennessee, but he's not going to get that job either, I was told. Can you imagine? Just think about it for a second. Outside of the obvious, him being there before and how he left. I know that there will be a groundswell of support for Lane Kiffin. There is everywhere. Every fan base would love to have Lane Kiffin. But for the people in those rooms that are actually making the decisions, Lane Kiffin hasn't really been considered. Not for these big jobs. Not for LSU. Not for Florida. And can you imagine Danny White hiring Lane Kiffin? No. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Yeah, no. I think that – I just don't think he has – I don't want to say he doesn't have leverage because he has leverage, but with these – you know, I feel like if he would have – you know, gotten this contract before, um, you know, these other jobs were filled, maybe LSU and all that. He maybe had a little more leverage, but I think he's just going to get the fair number now, um, which, which I, I would anticipate being in somewhere in that seven, eight range, maybe somewhere in there. Um, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, I was a little shocked. I thought some teams would actually be after him a little heavier, but they tried to go, um, you know, a little bit more experienced and kind of, um, like they wanted like the splash hire, which I think like if it is a splash hire, but I was kind of shocked that he wasn't, um, maybe the fans threw his name in there more than he actually was being considered for certain jobs. So, and the media and the media. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So yeah, I think, I think we're good there. Um, I, I, I will be interested to see what happens with Levy. Um, I, I'd anticipated him maybe moving on after this year, but I think he's in a spot to where, um, there's only lateral moves available. And if he were to take a head job, um, I think it would be at a small, maybe a, not a smaller, maybe a smaller step down. Um, but I, I just think that, um, I think we're in a good spot to maybe retain both these guys, which, which I, which I wouldn't be shocked here. Well, that would be the absolute best case scenario. And I don't think yeah. anybody fully expected or would have put money down on retaining both of them in this, in this silly season. If it happens, that's a coop for Ole Miss, a coup, coop, coop. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly did not think it was going to happen, and it, it still may not happen. I don't know. I don't right. know what available out there. There's some. I, mean, I don't know what what jobs are out there, but I'm sure there's some smaller ones that are going to. Well, here's get, one for you: If Brent Venerables gets the Oklahoma job, yeah, there's obviously some smoke already about Jeff Levy then then being targeted as the offensive coordinator for Brent Venerables. Do you think that that's something that he would approach or go after? Well, I think the only upside that um, the only advantage OU has is um, that he was you know, he went to school there. He has ties there, but at the end of the day, like you're already a, a, a top you know coordinator in the SEC. Why? I mean, I, I just don't see that move being worth it unless they're giving him two and a half. You know, a, a, just an ungodly salary to come out there. Yeah. Which I don't because Ole Miss is going to bump into like what one and a half, if not one point eight, something like that. Yeah, I think he gets a nice healthy bump. Um, you know, because he's one of those. He, he's kind of the safety blanket, in my opinion. To um, if we were to ever lose Lane, you know, you, you would have a guy that's been here and knows university. You know, really a um, really a sharp coach, an up and coming coach. But um, I, I just don't see. I mean, maybe he would take that move. But it, it would have to be you know a pretty too good to turn down deal because just moving across country when you're already set up and kind of um you know established here in the sec i don't know why you'd want to move out to, to oklahoma and, and take a lateral position you know i think the next move for him is to be some sort of head coach somewhere and i just don't think that that it would that would necessarily be worth it to go out there for a couple of years to no see when i th- think his, i think his goal is to be a head guy ull would make some sense then for him coming after him as a potential head coaching candidate yeah yeah, I think I think schools like that would worry me, and um, you know, he that that is that is one of those jobs where he can go for a couple of years, and you know, I think that you know Billy Napier's probably got it pretty loaded with talent for a school like that. He would come in and insert his offense would, would would be very very good in that league, and he would probably be very successful. Um, I could see a school like that coming after him, but then then again, you know, you're like, hey, I am an SEC offense coordinator, one of the best in the in, in the SEC, one of the hot names, you know. At some point, you're going to get your gig to to a bigger job, bigger, better job. So, um, I don't know. He has a lot of leverage here. He's done well. He's going to get a nice pay raise, I'd imagine. And um, you know, I think that um, there's something to be said in, in the in the comfort and um, you know the situation you're in with the with, with Lane. Who knows? 
by the time this goes up, he might have already taken a job somewhere else. We, we don't know. <laughs> we can just only tell you what we're hearing right now, and we're recording late on a Tuesday. Here's my whole deal. A lot of pushback is out there about the possibility that if Ole Miss lost Lane Kiffin, promoting Jeff Levy would not be the right move. And this is the way I look at it. I don't care who Ole Miss hires in that scenario because Ole Miss would be in the best possible shape it could be in to hire its next head coach. And Keith Carter already has a list because you have to have a list. And Jeff Levy's on that list, but let's just entertain the possibility of Jeff Levy. You drop down to ULL, maybe you take the Billy Napier path and you get that job after winning enough. And he would. He'd probably win enough at ULL to get that big job. But what's the faster path to a top 20 job? Is it as the OC at Oklahoma or right now the OC at Ole Miss, knowing that Lane's always going to be a flight risk? Because let's assume that Manny Diaz is retained. Well, he's going to get the Clay Helton treatment next year. As in, if he loses a game or two in September, they're going to fire him. And we know that Miami is going to target Mario Cristobal and Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss is a better job than Miami, but Lane Kiffin is Lane Kiffin. And if they get close enough in salary, it might be enough to persuade him to leave. I still think the NFL is the biggest threat to pull Lane Kiffin away from Ole Miss. But let's say that Lane Kiffin leaves. And some Ole Miss fans are like, ah, you just can't do it with Jeff Lubb. You can't promote him. It's like Matt Luke all over again. That's not even remotely true. Well, Matt Luke yeah. was never a coordinator, ever. And it's, just, and it's as if people forget that Jeff Lebby ran this program during the whole COVID stuff. He did, because Lane was in Florida. Now, Lane is, of course, the head coach, and he has final say in everything, but day-to-day operationally, it was Jeff Lebby. I'm not just saying that. I'm not in any way trying to justify the move. I'm just trying to look at it in a different way to where Ole Miss fans maybe can look at it in a different way, to where if it were to happen, it's not the end of the world. Actually, it might be a really good thing for Ole Miss. You never know. I'm just playing devil's advocate in many ways here. So Jeff Levy was doing that. He was running the operation when Lane had COVID and had to miss the Louisville game. DJ Durkin ran the defense, but that's what defensive coordinators do. But as far as game prep and running the meetings, running the locker room, giving the speeches, all that kind of stuff, it was Jeff Levy. That's far more head coaching experience than Matt Luke ever could have possibly thought about getting. And if you're Ole Miss and you've got one of the best coaches in the country in Lane Kiffin, which I think everyone would agree, Ole Miss has got one of the very best coaches in the country, a top 15 coach. If that's the case, look at Oklahoma. When Bob Stoops left, Lincoln Riley was promoted as his offensive coordinator to head coach. Ryan Day at Ohio State, same thing. They -hmm. weren't head coaches. They became head coaches. And if you're a program that aspires to be like that, a true national title contender, a true elite of the elite, and Ole Miss isn't there yet, but if that's what you aspire to be, then once your generational or head coach of all head coaches, Lane Kiffin, that's your Ole Miss head coach. He's your Urban Meyer. He's your Bob Stoops, whoever. Pick your school, Pete Carroll at USC, whatever. If he's that guy for Ole Miss, then the staff he's built, potentially the best possible candidate for your job and to, con- and to keep continuity together and to also – continue the ball rolling, the train rolling along the tracks there is to promote from within and keep the operational structure in place and keep going that way. So to think that Jeff Lebby is Matt Luke, rather than comparing him to other such schools that aspire to be coaches that build their own trees out and can hire from within and keep the train rolling. I think you need to kind of change your perspective a little bit. Is that misguided? No, that's listen, you are your resume and um, if you look at Jeff Lebby's resume as far as how his section of the team has performed, which is the offense, which is the offense coordinator, everywhere he's been, he has put up elite stats. His offense has put up elite stats. When you look at the Louisville game this year, we did not miss a beat. I mean, our, our, our offense performed great. Our and that's no great. knock on lane at all. It's that's just, no knock on yeah. lane at all. It just shows you how good of a, a coordinator we have. And knowing him personally, he has the right mindset. He's not, he, he is, he's, he can be very stern, but he's also very like the players love him because he's a real down to earth, real cool, humble guy. Um, but has some authority behind the, the way he speaks and the way he, he handles, handles situations. So I think he's a hot name. I really do. And, and you can argue what he's done at Ole Miss. If, what if Jeff Levy was at a school that was shattered with five stars everywhere? If you insert him in Alabama, he does the same thing. You insert him in LSU, he absolutely tears it up. 
he took a team that was two years off probation and, you know, essentially was one of the top offenses in the nation both years. Now, we did have a great quarterback, but it wasn't like we were just loaded across the board with talent. I mean, we, we, we definitely had solid talent, but nowhere near the depth that the Alabama's, LSU's, Auburn's, you know, some of these bigger town schools have. So I would argue what he's done at Ole Miss bo- boosts his resume even more so. And he did it at UCF as well. So he's not like he's going out there getting the the the, the highest elite end players and, and just put them on autopilot like the, like all the Alabama coaches are doing. He's taking a school like Ole Miss, U, UCF. Um, you know, he was part of that Baylor Baylor crew, wasn't the coordinator, but still was kind of where we learned all the stuff from, um, and, and done so much with that. That now that's to me that's even more impressive than than, than some of these other guys. Bottom line is this: you, me, everybody hopes that Lane Kiffin remains the head coach for as long as possible. But if it got to that point, which is always going to be a realistic thing, Jeff Lebby as head coach isn't so far-fetched and shouldn't be be observed or viewed as Matt Luke part due. It's not the way it is. No, yeah, I, I think that's not even the, the, not even the, not same, even, yeah. not even the same category. Um, Jeff, Jeff has a national presence as well, you know, being you know all over the place. He has, you know, been in Florida, been in Texas, really heavy in Texas. So he's going to really um, be able to expand nationally and recruit. Um, and, I just want Lane to... Kiffin to be the head coach forever, but I'm trying to be a realistic yeah. person here. <laughs> well, just... this is no knock. This is nobody trying to say Lane should leave or whatever, but we, no. I am. We do have a very up and coming candidate on our staff that um, that that I feel like, and, and I, I'm telling you right now, the administration is very fond of him. Um, just by the way he handles his business and the way he he recruits and can kind of draw people in, and um, you know I can tell you right now he's he's leading that charge when it comes to the arch recruitment, and, and, and I know that for a fact. You know he's working his tail off on that. So um, yeah, he's a he's a huge part of of Ole Miss's success right now, and um, is definitely up and coming name, and we're lucky to have him. Hopefully he'll stay, um, but I think at some point down the road you're going to see a, a Jeff Levy head coach somewhere. Um, you know, whether it be Ole Miss, if Lane would ever leave, or whether it be somewhere else, but um, you know, just just knowing how he operates and and um, you know what what all he does for for the staff and for for Ole Miss in general, just um, it just proves we have a re- really great coordinator and a, a really good guy. If something were to ever happen with Lane, well, the point of this conversation is not to prop up Jeff Levy, but more to speak to if Ole Miss gets out of this cycle, retaining both Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. That's a significant big deal. Yeah, would agree. I mean, and yeah, I just think that um, that, that it goes about it bodes. There it is. You did it. I'm so proud of you. It bodes. It bodes well for the future and the continuity of the team. You know, this will be the third year. You have two guys working together, so they should get even better. You know, I think if you look at the offense in general this year, um, what also impressed me was they were able to, without one of the key pieces of their offense, which is a tight end, like a, like a sure enough go get them, you know, receiving tight end, they were able to still produce and not have one of the, the key pieces that, that that I know they wish they had and I know they were missing. And that's a big time tight end to, to kind of, you know, open up some stuff in the passing game. So they were able to take a take an offense that, that was missing a, you know, what's typically a key piece of it and still adjust and put up great numbers. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it, I think it's having them both together again for, for another run would, would be very impressive. And I think that's going to draw us some, some bit of a decent quarterback here in the portal. Well, I feel like if Jeff Levy leaves, that's the only real wrench that could be thrown in the possible recruitment and landing of, of, uh, Dylan Gabriel from UCF. Yep. It feels kind of inevitable. What are you hearing about him? Do you like him? Oh uh, yeah, well, I actually watched his um, watched like some highlights or whatever, and then kind of like did some research on him. And man, he's put up some efficient numbers. Um, he's been in this offense before, and he produced pretty well whenever um, Levy was his coach. I think that's that's how it went. Um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I, I think that he'd be great to have in the mix at, at competition. But I think they keep their their eyes open for for a lot of things. But but one thing I do know about about Jeff and, and the staff is. Um, if they get a guy they feel like they can produce with, I don't think they go out and, um, you know, wait, Hey, I want to get this guy. If a guy's there that they can take and they know, Hey, I, I, he can run this offense. Um, I think they'll take him and, and, and be satisfied with, with, with what they get. Here's the deal. 
Dylan Gabriel's the hot name, and he's the obvious name. The connection is so easy to make. But it's not over with Spencer Rattler. Yeah, Arizona State is probably the favorite right now, but Ole Miss is still very real and into that recruitment of Spencer Rattler. I don't want people to get their hopes up. But my whole question is, and I asked this to Ben Mintz, and he's coming up in a second, is who would you prefer? Because I don't know. Uh, well, I, I know this is probably going to be a popular answer, but I, I would prefer whoever is, is most comfortable with his staff. And um, listen, I Well, I then that's people- Gabriel. And I agree there, but I know people are, you know, they want this rather kid. They're basing it off. Hey, he was the number one, number two quarterback in the nation, whatever. Agree. Probably has a lot of talent, but you know, that there's a learning curve there. There's, there, there's a lot of stuff that has to fall in place. They have to mesh real well. And maybe the Gabriel kid isn't as talented as Radler. We don't know that he's put up good numbers um, as well, but you know, coming into a new program, the mesh is really important. You know, you can sacrifice a tad bit of talent for a guy that really knows the offense, has 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 a whole season in the offense, can kind of come in and maybe he produced a little better. Um, you know, and, and I think this scheme sets up well for, you know, you don't always have to have a Matt Corral in this scheme. You know, I think it's always nice, it's always a plus, but I think that I think there's enough built-in route concepts and, and, and different things where. If you have a very good serviceable guy, you can still win a lot of games and, and look good doing it. Here's one for you. You had to lay money down on Ole Miss Landing, one of Spencer Rattler or Dylan Gabriel or someone else from the field, Jack Miller, Harrison Bailey, Miles Brennan. Where would you lay your money? I would say Dylan Gabriel just because the um, the comfort would let me. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype around it. I think that um, – I think it just it, it just makes it just makes a lot of sense, you know. If you have him and Altmeyer going into the season, um, you know you have you have a highly recruited freshman, which was which was Altmeyer last year, who could be you know working his tail off, getting better as well. And then you have an experienced guy that comes in, that's been very efficient where he's been. It's not like UCF is is you know a particularly small school. They play you know pretty good talent as well. Um, you know, I think I think those two would be would be plenty to get to get Ole Miss to um, to where they want to go. I love it that a lot of people are trying to dismiss Luke Altmaier or question whenever you put up Dylan Gabriel or Spencer Rattler, whoever, they'll say, well, what about Luke Altmaier? You're not dismissing Luke Altmaier when you bring up these guys. You're not just going to hand the job to him. He showed capable against Auburn, but it's not just his job. He's got to compete for it. Yeah, I mean, you, listen, what, what you don't want to do nowadays is go into the season and say, oh, okay, Altmaier. And we and teams used to do this. Mm-hmm. Like Ole Miss has done this in the past. Which Did it is with Matt crazy. Corral. Yeah, I mean, we go into a season. Um, think about back in the day when I was coming home. I mean, it was always like, okay, it's a, that we had this freshman we recruited. He's going to be the quarterback next year. Or here's Zach Stout. Yeah, like it's went on a lot, and it's crazy, and it usually never works out. Luke Altmeyer is, you know, good recruit, supposed to be a good player, but the last thing you want to do is not have multiple guys to choose from. If Luke Altmeyer is that good and can be the starter, then he should be able to beat out anybody. Yeah. So. And at the end of the day, you know, if Gabriel's better than him, he should be to beat Luke Altmaier out. So you want to go in there with multiple options so you don't get stuck where you, where you get in the camp and you go, holy shit, I don't have a quarterback. You know, and then, then you're stuck trying to create this different offense. No, if, heck, if I could bring in two transfers, you know, it, it's on them. they got to be willing to compete, all that. But I think you want to get a competitive environment because it's going to make both guys better. And um, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those things where um, – you know, the, the, the better guy, you know, that those two guys will make each other better competing. And a better competition than Randall Mackey, Barry Brunetti, and Zach Stout. Yeah, that was, um, you know, and honestly, though, here's, here's, the, here's the sad part. If Randall Mackey was in these offenses now, like, I agree. He, oh my gosh, his run ability was, was unbelievable. And I think he would have done very well with this, but we kind of had him, you know, pegged into under center offense. That was just like, It'd be like Brent Schaefer nowadays. You know, he, he would have an unbelievable – he'd probably have a lot of success. Jeremiah Masoli too. Oh, no doubt. What, what, she kind of was in this style of offense out in Oregon. Um, you know, they were kind of like the one, of the one of the first ones to really do the spread kind of crazy offense. Um, and he had a lot of success there. But, um, yeah, some of those guys from the past, man, I actually spoke with Romero Miller about this. I was like, you know, what would it – you know, what would it look like if you were in a spread offense and kind of use your legs and – and run around. He was like, man, I, I can, I can't even, can't even fathom what that would feel like to be, you know, the shotgun all game and, um, you know, playing up tempo, doing all that. You know, it would probably be a totally different outcome. Well, speak about Oregon, Chip Kelly didn't become Chip Kelly till they promoted him from offensive coordinator. Going back to talking about Levy, 
I'm not saying he's Chip Kelly or Ryan Day or Lincoln Riley. I'm just saying if you're an Ole Miss program that aspires to be amongst the college football elite, then it's okay to consider your coordinators as elite coaching candidates for your job once it comes open. That's three years as offensive coordinator at a high-level program, top 15 program. Oh, yeah, and, and, and putting up top five stats. You know, it's not, it's not like he's, you know, middle of the pack, top 25 offense. No, he's putting up, um, you know, pretty darn good stats. You can say, oh, well, you know, he does have lane with him. Well, he did this at UCF as well. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that, that's just what you get with him. You know, in the game that lane wasn't there this year, we scored 40-something points and would look great. So um, he's just a good – he's a good coordinator. You know, and him and lane together is a, is a hell of a combo, and we're very lucky. Yeah. If they get out of this cycle, and it looks like they're pushing closer to that – it's more likely than not that that's where it ends up. Now, OU coming open, Jeff Levy, that, that would be a problem. But it looks more and more likely as the days go on and the silly season wraps up, Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy both back at Ole Miss, and that would be a big deal, a really big deal. So I did not expect it. I'll just put it that way. I did not expect it. And I said this going into the silly season once all these jobs opened up, and I meant it. If Lane Kiffin, if Ole Miss gets out of this cycle with Lane Kiffin as his head coach, he's going to be here for a while. And I still believe that unless the NFL comes calling. And that's going to be a realistic thing. That's going to be a real thing. It might be in January. It might be next year. But with the way the NFL is going and the way Lane operates and treats his program and his players like an NFL organization, he's going to fit somebody. And he's going to be tempted. It's going to take one program or one organization to take that dive and go after Lane Kiffin. But I do think if Cliff Kingsbury can be 6-2 and two or 7-2, and two, whatever it is with the Cardinals right now, when he was a nothing college football head coach, then Lane Kiffin and who he is and how he operates and how good he is as an offensive mind and offense being the calling card of the NFL these days, Lane Kiffin's going to be a hot coaching commodity in the NFL at some point. And the um, Dolphins job will likely be potentially be open, so that could be a, you know, be a crappy – um, crappy thing to have to look out for as well. Well, know, not necessarily they, because if in January that were to happen and he gets the Miami job, and I think he would actually be in contention for that job, well, Jeff Levy then probably becomes your head coach without much of a search, even though I do think that Keith has a number of guys he would go after. And I've heard some names already, but you have to have that as an AD. You're not doing your job if you don't have a list. And he has a list. But obviously, everybody wants Lane Kiffin to be Ole Miss's head coach. Everybody. Every single person. Us, the athletics director, the coaches, the players, everybody. Everybody wants Lane Kiffin to stay. But considering all outcomes here, that's something. Jeff Levy was up for the Texas Tech job. They eliminated him in background. I don't know what happened, but he was considered. So he's somebody that is being considered for other big jobs. It's not like he's being passed over necessarily, but he's being vetted for other jobs. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah, I agree. He's Bradley Self, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I'll write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com. And right now, you can sign up, give us a shot, a seven-day free trial, and cancel anytime. The Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com. Ben Mintz coming up right now on the Modern Woman phone line. Thanks, bud. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. That was Bradley Sal. This is Talk of Champions. Ben Mintz coming up on the Modern Woman phone line. Before we jump to him, let's hear from BNA Bank, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. 
And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufi Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufi Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports. And this interview with Ben is brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. He specializes in retirement investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler Modern Woodman. Ben, what's up, man? Doing good, man. Kicking the uh, Barstool office, still reveling in the glory that was the 10-win Ole Miss season, and then uh, just beating the crap out of uh, Mississippi State in Starville on Thanksgiving night. And Man, just uh, way, way, way too much fun this season. And, you know, being an Ole Miss fan for a long time, just like, like I know you've been a lifelong fan, uh, you learn to appreciate these moments. you got to enjoy the good times. Okay, so how did Ben Mintz celebrate the Egg Bowl win? Oh man! Uh, well, I didn't do too nothing too too crazy. I, I was just more laughing at the stream I had with Walker. I don't know if y'all saw the clip of me using the cowbell in Walker's face when State dropped the three. They had the three passes they dropped before the half, and then they missed the twenty nine yard field goal. And I grabbed Walker's cowbell, and uh, it's the first time I've ever rang a cowbell in my entire life. And it, he about lost his mind on the stream uh, when I did that. And Very protective of those cowbells, man. Yeah, they are, man. But I, I laughed in his face, and uh, that's one of the top five to ten barstool moments I've had so far. But uh, man, nothing too too crazy. I just enjoy just enjoying uh, every bit of this, though. It's, it's just too much fun. I mean, you look at where this program was in seventeen to nineteen. I mean, obviously, you you cover it for a living, and you know it's just incredible uh, how far they've come in two years. And you know, Mac just huge salute to Matt Corral too. I mean, just the, the season. Yeah, I know everybody. You know hates on some of the number stuff but i mean the amount of injuries we had and losing all the receivers and o-linemen with ben brown you know the way he adjusted to win the arkansas and tennessee games with his legs and then he you know gets banged up fights through it just he's just man what a, what a leader winner and just i mean what what can you even say uh just phenomenal we're so lucky to have him and i uh, just enjoyed every bit of it man anytime you beat lsu mississippi state in the same season i'm gonna be pretty damn happy yeah it doesn't happen very often that's what's crazy is when you think about what Ole Miss accomplished this year this is stuff that you're not typically used to seeing with Ole Miss, not on a year-to-year basis. No, and it reminded me a lot. I mean, I guess the Egg Bowl kind of reminded me of the 15 Egg Bowl when we were playing. I mean, granted, you know, we're 8-3 then, not 9-2, but playing to get in a big New Year's Six Bowl and then, you know, our defense making some plays in that one too. We won that one 38-27. We won this one 31-21. Kind of reminded me, I guess, a little bit of that, and that was one of the best Ole Miss teams we've ever had. But this team – 
you know, didn't drop to lose a game to Memphis or, you know, the Arkansas game was so similar, uh, but we were on the right side of it uh, in 2021. Uh, it was actually crazy how some of those, those games were, but man, just so spent, just, just unbelievable season and just so much fun too. the state thing. I mean, I, we all know how toxic it is. You, you live in it, but it's just, just, their fans just they, – the arrogance on their side before that game too, Ben. Why were they so cocky? What was that about? I don't crazy. know. Because what was crazy about it is I fully admit I don't watch a lot of college football outside of Ole Miss games during the year. Look, I live in it every single day, right? So I had never really seen Mississippi State outside of a couple of different plays like the Memphis game or whatever. And I'm watching this game fully, fully expecting Mississippi State – to be a really good football team. They've been playing well. And all I could think to myself was Ole Miss is far and away a better team than Mississippi State. Well, the thing that was funny was the week of it, Brandon Walker and I were talking on smack on Twitter. And I'm like, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the rain, wind, and the weather affect this game. And he's like, oh, like our players haven't seen rain. Well, the rain and wind screwed their offense. Will Rogers doesn't have a big arm. Mm-hmm. And the difference in the mobility between Corral and Rogers, I thought was a huge part of the game. Corral I think that's what surprised so me many- the most, too. Is I didn't know he was that immobile. Not that he's immobile, but yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he was a statue back there, and then not just that, but like he couldn't throw in the wind and the rain, and their their got the receivers weren't separating. And man, I mean, uh, you know, for as hot as he was in that Auburn second half when he brought him back from twenty eight three, you know, it just I wasn't doing too much to be impressed by, and the lack of mobility was jarring. And I mean, the better football team easily uh won that game and man it just it's just so funny seeing all the state fan melts so they just i don't know man it's just it's just wild uh how much they live to hate us and so uh it just it's a lot of fun to see them have to deal with that for the next 365 days but on the other hand of it i mean we're off to better things i mean waiting on a new year six offer whether it be sugar peach or fiesta we shall see obviously we're going to be watching this georgia bama game extremely close what is the ideal bowl location for you Oh, always the sugar because I used to live it. I lived in Nola from 09 to 14. New Year's down in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl combined Old Miss and Nola's uh, what, I, what I would certainly prefer. But the thing is, you know, if we end up in the Fiesta, the Barstool Bowl is New Year's Eve and it's in Tucson, which is about two hours from uh, the Fiesta, which is the next day. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we end up out there, I'll go to the Barstool Bowl and go to the Old Miss Bowl game. And so, you know, you really can't go wrong it's kind of one of those first world problems and uh just, just trying to live in the moment and enjoy it i want to go to the fiesta bowl just because i've never been i love the peach bowl i love the sugar bowl now i want to experience something different fiesta would be dope yeah look in arizona doesn't sound bad man i'm up here dude i'm freezing up here in new york <laughs> new jersey already man it's freaking cold we had snow flurries earlier today we're not even December yet so uh arizona the desert from warm warm weather sounds good to me well i put it up there on the old miss spirit omspirit.com and affiliate of on three.com how if alabama loses to georgia in the sec championship game they're locked into the sugar bowl the peach bowl absolutely is interested in old miss but the rebels obviously open the year in atlanta and the peach bowl may want to do something different if possible so the fiesta is showing interest with the bowl intrigued by a potential old miss notre dame matchup that's the dream. Oh, man, yeah. That, I'd much rather play Notre Dame than the projected peach was Ole Miss versus the winner of Wake and Pitt. Uh, that doesn't quite do the – you know, even though both those teams are having great seasons, uh, that isn't going to quite excite the fan base like playing Notre Dame. Uh, an 11-1 and Notre Dame would – who the hell knows will be coaching them uh, right now after uh, the – man, wild news yesterday on that Kelly to LSU. What did you think uh, about that? You're from down there. I think it's great. Great hire for LSU, man. I think it's freaking. I think Kelly's it's one of those things, man. Everybody, you know, you think of Notre Dame, you obviously think of all the tradition, but I mean, you sure as heck didn't see Tyron Willingham or Charlie Weiss win like Kelly has year in, year out. He's winning 10, 11 games. He, you know, got him in the playoff last year. They went 11 and 1 this year. They thought it was going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year. Uh, he, he's also a guy that, you know, all the last miles in Orchard, I mean, there was a lot of off-field just weird stuff with both of them and, you know, Title IX stuff, all kinds of stuff. And I think Kelly is the type of guy who's just – he's not going to put up with any of it. And he's going to clean that stuff up, and he's a proven winner. And, I mean, I think I mean, I think it's just an incredible hire for LSU. I can't come up with a, a negative on it. And I, I think, you know, some of the LSU fans that – I mean, these fans are just unreal. They're, they're, they'll complain about anything. But I think the ones that are – not on board with it or just like the ones that may not be the smartest. We'll put it that way. Well, when all the Lincoln Riley rumors came out, it was either Lincoln Riley or nobody. 
I think a lot of them got up in their feels about it having Lincoln Riley. So it, it didn't matter who it was outside of Bill Belichick or, or Nick Saban. If it wasn't Lincoln Riley, there was going to be an inevitable disappointment. And that's ridiculous because Brian Kelly is a good coach. But if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're listening to this right now, should you be scared of Brian Kelly? That's the question. I don't know. I mean, I'm scared. I mean, I think you just got to focus on what we got right now, you know. And, that's uh, good that's coaches speak right there, my bud. Yeah, but it's true, though. I mean, Lane Kiffin didn't go to LSU, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I, I do think LSU will get back to – the thing with Kelly, too, I don't think you're going to see any of these five or six win seasons. I think a bad season is going to be eight and four, nine and three. Uh, also look for him. Notre Dame has been a factory of sending O-linemen to the NFL, and LSU's O-line's kind of fallen last few years and so i look for him to fix that too so look i think it's a great hire for lsu i think uh scott woodward i mean gets chris peterson from boise to washington jimbo from florida state to a&m you know he pulls kim mulkey from baylor to lsu for women basketball and then he and then he gets brian kelly from notre dame to lsu i mean the man's got a, a reputation <laughs> for a reason but almost got out of this cycle this coaching cycle without having two of the biggest jobs in the conference, hire coaches above Lane Kiffin. Now, Brian Kelly is accomplished, more accomplished than Lane Kiffin, but you get what I'm saying here. And I think that's a significant win for Ole Miss because Billy Napier, I love the fit at Florida. Brian Kelly, I think that's a great hire for LSU, but they didn't really hire above the status of Lane Kiffin. And if you're Ole Miss, you're still in the same place today as you were when these jobs came open. Yeah, no, you got to love it if you're Ole Miss. And uh, I'll say that Brian Kelly's 54 and 9. 2017 I mean that's that's what I'm saying you know I feel like people are you know maybe not giving him as much credit as he deserves you know and so I think they really hit hit it I'm I'm on the belief that they hit it a little harder than most but on the Ole Miss front though yeah I mean the Kiffin stuff hell yeah you're happy I mean look what he's built you know 10 wins in a second year and now he gets to build off it so far most of our you know you never know what's gonna happen the assistant coaching ranks I mean that that chaos really kind of heading uh is still ahead but you know knock on wood we'll be able to hold together our staff and you know get ready for this new year's six game and uh obviously i know old mr recruiting class ranking may not be the highest but we're going to hammer the transfer portal and you know you look at you know what lane's been able to do in that transfer portal the last few years i mean getting chance campbell and springer and otis reese with what those guys did for the defense uh, i have the utmost faith that even if I, you know he's going to flip some guys the end and uh, hammer the transfer portal so i'm not concerned about that either mark robinson tavius robinson orlando umana dean leonard those guys matter too and they're going after some big fish dylan gabriel from ucf they're going to add a quarterback spencer rattler but i think that arizona state right now has a leg up over Ole miss but i think those are the two biggest spots for spencer rattler potentially but th- I, imagine I this gabriel, yeah I, i'm all about gabriel and levy's offense i think look I, I, when i saw malzahn took the ucf job i was like man you know, people are going to probably get on Gabriel that, you know, I know he got hurt, but he, I mean, Malzahn runs a completely different offense. Gabriel wasn't fitting that offense. And so I, I kind of, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt big. If it were Gabriel, are you concerned at all about the lack of true elite arm strength? Like he doesn't have Matt Corral's, Corral's arm strength, but no one does. So the question is, does that really matter? Because I don't think that Ole Miss necessarily utilized Matt Corral's deep ball arm strength all that much. That's not necessarily what this offense wants to do. It's a run-oriented version of the spread. And a lot of what they do in the passing game is short to intermediate, and he's a really accurate passer. He can still throw the ball deep. He's not Will Rogers as far as lack of arm strength, but he's not Matt Corral either. Is that a concern? Uh, no, I think the thing is, is I think he just knows Levy's offense. He'll be able to go up tempo, be comfortable, you know, step into the role where, uh, you know, he can be confident as a leader. And I think you can build a skill set around him. And so, yeah, of course, you wish everybody had the poet their Corral has. But, you know, I think uh, we'd be lucky to have him. So okay. I hope it works out. If it was Dylan Gabriel or Spencer Rattler and you got your pick, who would you pick? Man, I'm, people are going to flame me for this, but I'd rather have Gabriel for this offense. Oh! Um, People are going to flame me huge for that. But you know what? If you can't play well for Lincoln Riley, I mean, that's a problem, you know, in my opinion. I don't think Rattler – I mean, yeah, he's got the big arm and all that stuff. But, I mean, name me a quarterback that hadn't done well for Lincoln Riley until Spencer Rattler. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it I that mean, much. I know that I'm going to get flamed for this probably, but I don't care. Like, dude, what did Rattler – I mean, everybody that played for Lincoln Riley has torn it up. Everybody and Rattler didn't, and I, I, you know, yeah, he can have the five star arm and all that stuff and be the big recruit, but I mean, he sucked, you know. I don't know what to say. 
I know Gabriel struggled in the Malzahn offense, but no one struggles in the Lincoln Riley offense in the Big 12. Rattler, I mean, I'm having a hard time, you know, the, getting some of these images out of my mind. You know, that 16-13 West Virginia game. and I don't know. I know it's a little bit of a hot take, and I'll probably get blamed for it, but I, I stand by it. Of course, this is contingent on Jeff Levy remaining as offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, and the part is, look, the Gabriel thing, Levy – Recruited him at Central Florida. He fits the system. That's the huge reason I'm saying this. If Ole Miss, and we're just playing a game here, but if Ole Miss ended up with Dylan Gabriel as quarterback, Zach Evans as running back, and Deion Smith at wide receiver, does this train just keep rolling? I mean, it depends on defining the train. Yeah, the engine will keep going. I don't know if we're going to be winning 10 games again. But I I think – Schedule's pretty soft next year, Ben. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I – yeah, then sure. Train, train keep trolling. Uh, I, I feel like we built up a ton of momentum. And the thing is, Ole Miss is like the hot school now. People want to come. You know, I think everybody sees how much fun uh, we have in Oxford, and it's just the culture that Lane and them have built. And, you know, I, I feel like things are uh, heading downhill. It's just all about keeping the staff together. We'll get right back to Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports in this edition of Talk of Champions. After I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vault Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays, you can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted, well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. What do you make of the silly season overall? Lincoln Riley going to USC, Brian Kelly at LSU, Billy Napier to Florida. This was probably the most wild, silly season we've had in a while, if not ever. Oh, I mean, this one's insane. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, the, the Riley stuff, man, it was, he's in that podium that says, I will not be the next coach to LSU. He didn't lie. Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Dude, no, I agree. I'm not blaming him for lying. I just, it's just so crazy. And, you know, you can't blame that guy. He's 38 years old. Gets to move out to Southern California. You see all the stuff they gave him with that contract? This is nuts. Playing the Pac-12. Man, what a life he's about to have. Uh, but the Kelly thing is the one that's so fascinating because, you know, Ben, we grew up. I mean, Notre Dame is always known as, like, the most storied program in college football. He's leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. And, you know, obviously, since Saban was at LSU, LSU's been a premier program for 20 years. But the LSU I knew growing up with was lucky to make the Independence Bowl in the 90s. And uh, it's just wild to see someone leave Notre Dame for LSU. But that's, you know, they won three national championships since 2003. 
Um, and so I, I get it, though, because Kelly, look, he's been at Notre Dame a long time. He probably wants a different change. And he's built that thing up. But, you know, you, you look at his two games against Alabama in 2012, title game in the 2020 playoff. He lost her by combined score, I believe it was 72 to 21. Charmed. And I think he wants to go get the top talent and beat Nick Saban. I think he views that as a challenge. He knows they'll choose the place to do that. Can Notre Dame really survive being Notre Dame? They're going to survive, but being Notre Dame, if they continue to be independent. <clears throat> yeah. yeah just they, uh, As long as they get that NBC TV deal, I think they can. Um, what'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're going to, you got to think they're going to go after Luke Bickle super hard. And uh, if they get him, I think they'll continue to be, you know, excellent. It's interesting to see what happens with Marcus Freeman. Hire Marcus Freeman. Yeah, that's right. And they haven't given him the interim job. They're like having a community interim thing, which I thought was weird because I figured they would just let him be the interim. But uh, I don't know what's going on there. And I don't know if LSU, if Kelly's, you know, it sounds like Kelly's going to bring a lot of that other part of the staff down there. I mean, it's just so crazy for them to be in the middle of the playoff race and dealing with this. It's uh, just an unprecedented situation, but it's going to be fascinating. It's a fascinating to follow. You know what that reeks of? It's kind of like back when Houston Nutt got fired. And rather than do an interim thing and promote Gunner Brewer, because they knew that there would be a groundswell of local support if Gunner won enough to be the head coach. It's like they don't want that groundswell of support for Marcus Freeman, which is insane because he's a superstar in the making. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They're, they're, I don't know what the heck's going on on that front because I don't know if it's like they think – I mean, they should just name him the interim and figure it out. Just figure I, it, it out. It does, you're right. It, it's, just, it, it's wild to me because you know, and what's crazy too is they beat LSU out for Freeman. LSU was super hard trying to get him last year. And he might have been the head coach for them now, <laughs> taking that job. Yeah, I mean, it's just the coaching thing's just—it's just crazy, man. But for LSU, though, I mean, Woodward pulling off getting Kelly, you know, out of Notre Dame, man, that's truly something. All right, so who wins the SEC championship game? You're bullish on Alabama, right? I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I, I think it's one of the situations where everybody's writing off Bama because Georgia's killed all these people, but. Here's the thing, Georgia, if this is a close game in the third or fourth quarter, they barely played either, you know, except for the Clemson game, which even though they won by seven, it felt like it was never a doubt. Clemson literally couldn't move the ball past midfield. I mean, I feel like this is like, you know, this hangs around in the third and fourth quarter. The Bryce Young versus Georgia quarterback situation could rear its ugly head. I know Georgia's the better team, but, man, Alabama had been an underdog since 2015. You know, Nick Saban freaking loves being in this role finally, and – I don't think they're going to go down without without a fight here. So I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I mean, I obviously understand why Georgia's favored, but I mean, I would lean I would lean Alabama in the points if I had to make a pick. Does Matt Corral get invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony? I, ho- I hope so because I want to get him by the barstool office. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he does. I think he does. Uh, I think you know the the because the national thing, you know, the national shine that's been on Lane in this program. I think he gets invited. I don't think he win, but I think he I think he gets invited. I think it's gonna be him and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young and you know maybe Kenneth Walker, maybe not. Who wins it? I'm thinking Bryce Young, man. I, I just uh. I, I know, I agree. I mean he didn't score a point for till the fourth quarter against Auburn, you know, after Will Rogers threw for what, five touchdowns against them. Um, but I think Young I mean, we'll see. I think I think Young wins it if they don't get blown out by Georgia. But, I mean, C.J. Stroud didn't play a bad game against Michigan, but, like, I don't know, man. You watch Ohio State and it's all the talent receivers he's got around him. I mean, Justin Fields is a hell of a lot better quarterback than him. It's a weird year for the Heisman Trophy. I think Corral deserves it. I mean, I'm obviously being sounding like a homer, but – Well, I you mean, are a homer about that. Know. Well, yeah, but – It's okay to be a homer it. about like, that. Cor- yeah, but if Corral – I mean, like – like the people, I was getting all these arguments on Twitter with this crowd. Will Rogers nonsense last week. If Will Rogers is starting quarterback for Ole Miss. What are we six and six, seven and five? You know, like you don't. There's no way we beat Arkansas or Tennessee without Matt Corral. None, no way. And uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's more of an MVP thing, but just no one means more to their team uh, than Corral. And I also think too. Man, it's a harder accomplishment for these quarterbacks. Like, it's easy to be, like, the great quarterback at Bama or Ohio State or whatever. Getting Ole Miss to 10 wins, that's a, that's a lot tougher accomplishment. The to first ever 10-win regular season. That's never happened before. Eli didn't do it. Archie didn't do it. Chad didn't do it. 
He deserves to be in New York. He should win the award. Okay, so you're the unofficial hype man for Ole Miss football now. Give me the case. If I was the committee or I was the voter trying to decide who's going to New York, who should win it, you're trying to persuade me what has Ben Mint say. Well, I'm I'm saying when you look at the stat, everybody's looking at the stats thing and saying, oh, he threw for 3,300 yards. But you combine his rushing yardage with his passing, he had more total yards than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. He, he, you know, Corral got through. And the thing is, is it's hard to explain the injury thing. And I know that sounds like excuses because that's like, you know, football, people get hurt. But, I mean, Ole Miss was playing without their top three receivers. He had to evolve in the middle of the season to using his legs. Like I said, specifically to Arkansas in the Tennessee game where he literally won it with his legs. And that's what uh, champions do. They win by any means necessary. And to win 10 games this year, uh, going through everything that Ole Miss went through, I mean, I think that's the guy. And, you know, I know that the passing stats aren't what they were last year, and that's what people are going to say. But, you know, let's also not forget uh, four interceptions this year total. You know, how much better he took care of the football. And uh, I think that's something that people uh, got to realize because, you know, like, you know, you look at the year he had in 2020, he led, led NCAA in total yards, but the turnovers, you know, got him at LSU and against Arkansas and Auburn. And you just look at that maturation. He took care of the football. He could beat you with his arms. He could beat you with his legs. He won 10 games. He's a leader. He fought through injuries. I mean, I don't know what, what more you can watch. I'm looking at some Heisman odds. And you talk about gambling all the time at Barstool. So here we go. Which is the safest bet? Bryce Young, minus 220, C.J. Stroud, plus 450, and then you got one, two, three, four. Four players led by Matt Corral, plus 2,000. Where would you lay your money? I mean, I ain't laying nothing on minus 230. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'd I guess I'd long shot Corral. But it, the, the Bryce Young thing, though, I mean, obviously if Bama beats Georgia, he's winning at the end of the story. But, you know, Georgia comes out and beats them 31 to 10 or whatever. Uh, that, I mean, you got to think that would wreck him. I mean, you're talking about an Alabama team didn't even, I mean, they had no points into the fourth quarter none, against Bryce. None, none. Zero. And so, but he, but you got to give Bryce credit for the way he brought him back on that 90, what was like a 98, that 98 yard drive or whatever. Come on, game. with but, Auburn Jesus, you got to come through there. Come on, man. Come on. I know. I mean, dude, I look, I. I'm a homer. The crowd better. You know, you know how I feel about it. I'm just saying that <laughs> I, I'm just saying that in the committee's mind, I feel like uh, Bryce Young's sitting in a pretty, pretty good spot, but they, they, for him to close it though, I mean, he needs to at least compete with Georgia. You can't get waxed in this game. Here's one for you. Would you sacrifice the sugar bowl? That means Georgia beating Alabama and them going to the sugar bowl to ensure that Matt crowd jumps up a few spots in the Heisman to potentially win it. If he, if yeah, I'd sacrifice the Sugar Bowl for him to win the Heisman for sure. Because you could buy a Matt Corral Heisman and us going to Arizona and New Year, you know, like the Sugar Bowl thing. That's right. I mean, like, and they're I, done I that. Go to the Sugar. Yeah, I'd love to go to the Sugar Bowl, but going to the Fiesta Bowl or Peach Bowl will be awesome too. So yes, I would sacrifice the Sugar Bowl for Matt Corral to win the Heisman, a hundred million percent immediately. If Matt Corral was the quarterback at Alabama, game changer. Oh, that's, that's my point. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, there's another thing too when you like look at quarter. My, my friend, a friend of mine, had this has this quarterback evaluation theory. Like the, you, you can use this for the NFL too. The best guys are the ones that go to these. I don't want to call it mediocre programs because that's a stretch. But you know, you Eli at Ole Miss, Matt Ryan at Boston College, Andrew Luck at Stanford. You these guys that are game changers at programs that aren't Alabama, Oklahoma. Ohio State, you know, to, to me, the real superstars are the guys that go to programs that are kind of middle of the pack, and then you see them win 10 games. Those are the guys you want. If Eli Manning beats LSU that year, does he win the Heisman or does Danny White or Jason White? Jason White. I'm saying Danny White. <laughs> it might as well Lord. be Danny White. Might as well. Who gives no, a shit? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, think, well, I think if we beat LSU and then won the SEC, he'd want it. I think we have to win the SEC championship game too. But I think we would have. LSU crushed Georgia. Jason White had no business beating Eli that year. Yeah, no, dude. That Larry Fitzgerald dude. would have been fine. Would have been fine. Yeah, no, that I, I don't disagree. All right. So what's coming up for you on Barstool? What should be people looking? Man, what should people so be looking I out for? That, I did that five week run. That was I did Vegas World Series of Poker, Ole Miss LSU, Halloween New Orleans or Saints Bucks, back to World Series Maine, and then I didn't do good in the Maine, so I ended up back in Oxford for the AM game. So, I mean, I just hit it so hard for five weeks that uh, I'm chilling here. 
but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take like a couple weeks for Christmas. Uh, I'm gonna try to go back to the South like 17th or 18th and just get to see my family and stuff. It's it's just different being up here. Like I love, I mean, I'm the luckiest person ever to work at Barstool and I love everything that goes with it. But I'm still like up here. I'm Barstool Mincy and it's like awesome to be that. But like all my real friends are in the South and so I really look forward to getting back and seeing uh, my family and friends for that and. You know, I'm going to go to the Ole Miss Bowl game, whether it's Fiesta, Sugar Peach, whatever. I'm doing that for New Year's. And so my next big South trip is for that. And then we've got on the Louisiana front with those ties, uh, we're launching the Barstool Sportsbook app in Louisiana in early 2022. And so I'm going to be working a lot on that. Uh, going to hit up some of the 10 properties in Louisiana while I'm back and kind of promote that. We own Margaritaville, Bozier, LeBaird, Baton Rouge, LeBaird, Lake Charles. So we'll be hopping around those too. So I'm we'll wait and see on the Ole Miss Bowl game. I'll be there regardless. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of kind of where I'm at. So that's my plan on the next trip back. Uh, for 2022, I know I'm going to go to the Final Four in New Orleans, which is April 1st and 2nd. Nice. And expect more expect more college baseball content. We're going to build off. You know, last year was really the first time Barstool really paid any attention to it. And uh, for better or for worse, it exploded in Omaha. So we got to build off that momentum. I love that because it's a very Southern sport. There's like 10 to 14 schools that really take it seriously. And about eight to nine of them are in the South. Yeah. And the thing is too, man, it's just all about what does numbers and man, the, the, a lot of the people that like barstool, like college baseball, you know, it, it crosses over well to two sports. And so, yeah, we're going to try to build on it. And I'm excited about Ole Miss baseball next year. And we can figure out this pitching staff. We're going to score a ton of runs. That much is for sure. I just love the fact that you're back doing world series of poker stuff. I love that. <laughs> Having known you a long time, like I love that. After. Yeah. Yeah, man, I hate I busted. I busted day two after dinner break, but uh, I love it too. And I'm hoping in the future there's more poker stuff coming as well. Uh, we actually had Josh Aria, who won the World Series Player of the Year on our poker podcast earlier today, cracking aces. Check that out. He's an Atlanta guy too. Um, but yeah, man, I'm thrilled to be back playing poker, and I'm hoping to do more poker content with Penn, uh, these properties, hopefully in the future. And, you know, this, this, this barstool thing's wild, man. I mean, it's just like talk about fantasy football or poker or gambling or just like travel. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a wild, uh, wild whole deal, but I've, uh, you know, we're over a year in, I think it's going well. And I mean, I've got to think the Ole Miss support's just insane. Uh, I'm so lucky to have the, I mean, I get so much support from Ole Miss fans. I mean, we sold a ton of those, Egg ball shirts and me smashing an egg on Walker. <laughs> uh, I get to throw eggs at Walker on the college football, uh, Barstool College Football Show on Saturday too. So super excited about getting to chunk some eggs at Mr. Walker. And man, everything's kind of you know it was all just kind of lightning, and I'm just trying to roll with it. But uh, just very very grateful and very thankful for the support I get from Ole Miss. Because I mean, I look like an idiot on camera half the time. <laughs> and I know it, but I rock it, you know. And uh, oh man, you're you. Yeah. No, no, that's my point. No, I don't mean like I don't mean it like I'm dogging me. I mean I just put a lot out there. I'm just myself, and uh, you know it's kind of one of those funny things where it's like 80 or 90 percent love it, and the ones that don't can't stand me, but they're way way in the minority. So that's what matters. Yeah. Nobody's really in the middle on it though. It's uh, they're they're one way or the other, and so that's kind of the way you want to be in media. You need to get you one of those like potato guns or egg guns. And load that thing up, and then shoot him at Brandon. <laughs> That's a good idea, man. Telling it's you. funny that he was he did him him publicly apologizing to me was pretty wild because I didn't take anything he said to me on the stream to heart. I mean, yeah, he called me a lot of names. But you know, I knew what I was getting into. That's that typical cow. egg bowl stuff, though. That's that's something. Exactly. Now. Yeah. I don't know what was up with that man. I guess yeah, maybe he's trying to like soft me up to the deck throws. <laughs> that, that ain't happening, man. Those egg those those eggs are coming. It was funny too. Was the last play of the game? If State would have gotten that garbage time touchdown, it would have been seven less eggs, and we stopped Will Rogers on the three yard line. It's fantastic. Seven more eggs to throw at him because of it. Or you know, if they don't drop three straight touchdowns. That's still hilarious to me. I'm I'm sorry. That's just, oh yeah, dude. That was just oh man. God. And then they missed that twenty nine yarder. <laughs> and, uh, and your pure joy and laughter, it was so visceral and it made me laugh. I went, Yeah, I've, I've known that guy a long time. That is the most Ben Mintz reaction ever. Because that was just very pure laughing at that moment. Oh man, because we've all so experienced that with like Mississippi State fans that are friends of ours and, and we've been in that moment. That's that's us. Yeah, no, I got a lot of feedback. The oldest fans love that that moment. I mean, that yeah. was one of my favorite moments of that at Marshall so far was that uh that the cowbell thing. So <laughs> uh love it. And like I said, man, I'm just glad we're selling a bunch of shirts too, which is which is huge because Dave Portnoy 
has been all over us for that Black Friday stuff. So I'm glad to see I'm um, doing some numbers. Well, last thing. Gotta keep this thing rolling. What's the What's it like when you go to the Grove now? Oh, it's, it's, it's just Oxford. Just it's so crazy, man. I mean, just anywhere in Oxford. Uh, it, it, what I love, I've got a little tradition now where if at the games I go to the student section to do the post game video now, and uh, it's just they go nuts, man. It's it's cool for me too. Like I feel like it's like a huge blessing. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I'm really pumped. I'm connecting with freaking people that are 20 and 17 years younger than me. You know? That's barstool, I but. Mean, that's, yeah, I agree. But I mean, I'm really excited that I've been that we've been able to pull that off. But students, man, the students freaking love Barstool. And so uh, anytime I'm in the Grove or, you know, popping around the square or whatever in Oxford, it's out of hand. And it's uh, honestly, uh, I've been working really hard to build the New Orleans stuff. And man, my last true trips to New Orleans, it felt like Oxford. I mean, it's out of control there, too, which is it's really exciting. We'll take advantage of it. I'm happy for you. You know, I got nothing but love for you. He's Ben Mintz from Barstool. Good friend of the pod. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the support. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.